welcome to another episode of the Route 77 podcast. Today, we embark on a deep dive into the lost art of politeness and explore its intricate connection with our spiritual journey and beliefs. In a world that seems to increasingly neglect the intrinsic values of patience, kindness, and love, especially in our everyday interactions and digital communications, we sift through our personal experiences, biblical references, and practical instances to dissect the essence and importance of of maintaining heartfelt politeness and respect toward one another. From first impressions and punctuality to appreciating those in service roles, we cover a gamut of scenarios where politeness plays a pivotal role in nurturing a considerate society. Our discussion doesn't shy away from tough topics such as navigating interactions with the LGBTQ plus community with a blend of kindness, respect, and unwavering belief and confronting sin within and outside of the belief community. Hold tight as we dive into these layered con- Hold tight as we dive into these layered conversations, seeking truth, embracing love, and advocating genuine spirit-led politeness in every interaction. Welcome to the RIP 77 podcast. I am Natasha, your host, and I am here with Monique. Hello. But no David today. But that's okay. Today, I was thinking about talking about politeness. It seems to be a lost art these days. <laughs> it's just... We will politely... All right. So I will let you go first. Okay. Thank out you. of politeness. Well, thank you. I mean, you have to go first. But as it's something that's very Canadian, apparently. Yeah. No, no, you, no, no, you. no you. No, you. No, you. No, you. Oh, and, and sorry, and so, sorry, sorry, yes, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, um, I we have this one girl in our in our taekwondo school, and we were sparring there. And every time she, like, I know she's like a teenager, and I'm, you know, almost. Um, but we have these chest guards on, and she kept kicking the chest guard. But every time she kicked me, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's like I can't feel anything. So I think it's so over, cute. <laughs> and then we were oversensitive in that, and yet. So many times when it comes to social media, where or sometimes on the road or whatever, we it brings out this non-polite, very rude side of us. Yes, this stranger within. Yes, it and wouldn't then, happen to be that dead man that's supposed to stay dead that keeps coming, raising its ugly head every now and then. Zombie, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm going to go to First Corinthians. We can First Corinthians thirteen because that's a good yeah. love one. That's actually a very good verse, 13. I'll just read the whole word portion because it's good to have in context. First Corinthians 13, or 13, let's just read it all. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have full faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not loved, I have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for, as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. 
As for knowledge, it will pass away, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know it fully, even as I have been fully known. So now, faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So I think there's a lot to be said in there. We can maybe do a podcast just on 1 Corinthians 13. There's probably a thousand sermons on yes, it. Yes, <laughs> there is. Literally, you can probably look it up. Yep. But if we look at it where it says, love is patient and kind, love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. In the NIV, because you're reading ESV. Yes. yes. In the NIV, it says love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. So this is definitely a good way of politeness. Because there's like fake politeness, but it should be heart politeness. Yes. Yes. That you really mean it. Now, sometimes it's difficult to be polite and you just want to yell at a person and you're trying very hard not to do that. Yeah, you part of you may need to work on anger issues with that but there are people who really irk you and you do your best to give polite answer or to respond in a way that you're maybe not feeling and that's one thing but ask anybody who's ever worked in customer service in retail especially how rude some people can be and where it, it's like they it's like what their problems are your fault it's you've done it yeah you're just working for the company. Yeah. I didn't make the product. The company didn't make the product. We're just selling the product. If you've got a problem with the product, you need to go back to the person who built this. Oops. Hey, don't yell at me. I'm just here to help you. But if you're rude and if you're arrogant and if you're yelling at the person, you're not going to get much. And I can guarantee that when you leave the store... The customer that the people in the service department are going to be looking at each other going, wow, that person needs help. So do you want to be that person? We can complain about other people, but there's only so much we can do about other people. It's our, we can choose to react differently <laughs> to people, but we can control ourselves and how we, we, when we are those people. Yeah. A tip that, that my coworkers have given to me, because I've not ever really dealt a lot with customer service. I've always been the person behind the lines, but but sometimes I do get I don't know how to deal with them. And when it, what like my coworker Tamara said, if you keep talking lower down, then they will automatically start lowering their voice. Really? And I've watched that. We've got a couple of people who are really good at this, and I've watched how they deal with and they're they're always polite, and they're always kind, and they're always and they can bring the people until the person's column. Yeah. And there are people that are very gifted. Can they do that? <laughs> so I think there is gifting in that, in dealing yes. with people yes. and being able to diffuse situations. And it doesn't mean that you can't learn it or do your best at it, but there are definitely people who are more natural. Yes. Yeah. But it is good to have a little bit of training. Especially if you're one of those who has to deal with the public a lot. 
bus drivers, anybody in a transit airline stewardesses, <laughs> we try to buck the trend and we get them gifts and a thank you card that specifically says thanks for all the work that you do and you know they deal with people but hopefully we can make we can make your life better and just instead of frustrating and the amount of response i think specifically the thank you card because yeah. usually they don't occur until they look at the gift too much until partway through the flight but the thank you card they'll read quickly and then they'll just be like we love the thank you card and just the fact that we were like we we wrote something personal to them to say yeah. thank you for the work that you were doing and they're and they're always so gracious and was just like, can we get you anything? Would you like something? Is no we're good. We just want to. We, we just of, wanted to thank you yeah, for yeah. because it's not an easy being it's, where we have to deal with customers. And like people. we've been on the other side of people's frustrations, and so the hard part is, is like you generally just hear the negative there because people don't always thank you for the job that you were doing. And because for me, gift giving is a way that I show yes to people. So for me, that's how yeah, I you're do, very good. That's how we do it with you. Like that's why with the stewardesses, like and stuff. And even like we had a salesperson help us out yesterday with our phones. That you know, just a little gift of saying like thanks for helping us, even though it's his job. But we appreciate that what he did, and he was very kind and gracious, and how he went about it. And and the thing is, we tend to do it like like something like that, like after the fact, because it doesn't look like we're trying to buy some sort of favor. Yeah, because it's not about what you can get back. It's what you can give to them out of courtesy and respect. And it's like you said, it's a very big lost thing because just walking down the street, one of our other, one of my, I'm going to use my coworkers a lot because I get, I hear a lot from, she was in a situation, she says, and I just felt like I was in disbelief. People were literally pushing me out of the way. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't even exist. Like I wasn't even there. And she's just, she's just a woman. She's my age. She's not very tall. We always tease her about, you can get to the low places because I can get to the high places and get to the low places, right? But she's a very sweet lady. But she had this situation where she was in a, she was in a place where there was a lot of people and people were just like literally pushing her out of the way and get, they wanted to be first. They wanted to be first. Yeah. There's a Bible verse about that. The first shall be last and last will be first. Yes. Or even when it says Who like said that. I think it was Jesus. Jesus. Because he even says if you put yourself in the lowest position, then you may be brought forward to a higher position. But if you put yourself in the highest position, you will have hum you will be humiliated if someone if they move you out of the way for someone else. So that's like the idea. You don't just put oh. your yell at people in. Yeah, there's a certain level. Okay, you can't just keep say you're at a on the road, and you just keep letting the people go in front of you. The people behind you are going to get really ticked off. You're, you're stopped. Just, like, just keep going. Just, I just keep urging. But yeah. But then you can actually allow the person, to, especially if there's a, an accident, you have to merge into the same lane. And people go, oh, if they go all the way to the end, I'm not going to let them in. Well, technically, that's the best way. The zipper merge is supposed to be the best way. People actually use it correctly, where one go, the other go, one go, the other go. Then it actually keeps a smoother motion than the traffic start goes going. faster. Yeah. yeah. But if you generally go, like when you get to the end, you go, then another person goes, and you go. That's generally what happens. Sometimes it goes wonky and people try to push in. Just let that other person go. So there's an extra person. Like literally, you're losing half of a second because you're not going to go anywhere anyway but like i said if you just keep letting people in you're struggling to cut people off yeah. but if the extra person is trying to budge in when does it talk about in the bible if your enemy asks for your coat your shirt and your coat too right. or if he asks you to go for a mile go for two miles hey he's not your enemy i don't think you're but they're saying even if this was your enemy even if it's something you hated 
which you shouldn't hate. But like, if it's somebody that you really were again, we're just those regular people trying to get to work and try to get home and whatever. All trying to get to work. We're all trying yeah. to get home. It's, if he wants to budge in, oh, yeah. it's not the end of the world. You're, you've lost half of a second. You're still going to get where we're you're still going to get where you're going. And if you if you're already running late, you're already running late. And and that's <laughs> a lot of it is maybe your own fault for not leaving on time. Whatever, <laughs> like generally or checking GPS to find out. Oh, there's an accident on the highway. Maybe I shouldn't go that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes you can't help it, but you're like, but other times there's he really pushed it before he left. And if I'm a bad habit of that, like leaving at the last minute. <laughs> so anybody who knows me, it's okay. I've got. 12 minutes to get there. Okay, I can leave 12 minutes ahead of time. Maybe 13 minutes in case something happened. But then as opposed to leaving, okay, 12 minutes to get there, maybe I have to leave 20 minutes ahead. I don't, I'm bad for that. You, you but that's not yourself. anybody else's fault. No, that's true. And, and yeah. so to, to, to take that out and be like, oh, I need to get somewhere. I need to get somewhere. Oh, that stupid person's moving in. There is this saying that if you're 10 minutes early, you're early. If you're five minutes early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're already late. So it's just like all these things. Yeah. But I always, I always, because I travel to a a certain place in Aldergrove all the time, and there's, without fail, there will be some sort of backup to 64th exit. People do not know, people don't know how to merge. They don't know how to leave off the highway correctly. It makes it even worse. worse. Snow, rain, any kind of. You think Portland. Sunshine. It gave me sunshine. All of a sudden, it's just a sunshine, drive pavement. Let's drive like an idiot. I have my own. I have my own pet peeves about that. So I always, when I wake up, I check the GPS. See what it says. Just to see if there's anything. We have those easily accessible. Yeah, it's like live updated. Waze, Google Maps, like they're all, you shouldn't have a surprise. You shouldn't have a surprise. So I already can see if something. I don't just take that for granted, though, because no, it can change at any moment. You it can change at any moment. So when it gets closer to the time when I need to leave, I will check it again. Mm-hmm. And just to be sure if my drive is going to be okay or not. And then I know if I need to make corrections or adjustments. A key thing for politeness is actually first impressions, I would say. Yes. Because even if you would be polite, after their initial meeting, like every single time, if you're very rude and disrespectful the first time, that is what commit people are going to remember. And Master Jose does this thing. It's hilarious because it's about being confident, showing confidence. But he's, if someone came up to you, like I was, I came up to you, the first thing I said was like, banana in your face. Fed for grand. You would just be like, wow, okay. And after that, I could just be like, hi, I'm Latasha. But all you would think is banana woman. This, this woman <laughs> is bananas. That's all you would think of is that initial banana yelling in your face, which I think is hilarious because it's true. I think there's something wrong with this person. Yeah, it could be like completely normal every other time, but all you'd remember is the banana. Yes. And I can attest to that. Yes. Because we have, we, we have customers that we have, that we've met and they were belligerent and all that kind of stuff. Even if they've come back after that and we're kind and nice, we still have that. Oh, there's that. Yeah. And you're, and you're worried about it and you're stepping on eggshells a bit. Yeah. Yeah. But it also happens also after the fact. You could come right. in and be really nice. But if you are in one moment where for no obvious real reason, you just went off at that person, they still remember that. I had that yeah. with us one, that's this one customer who decided 
we have this policy. This is a policy. It was, he says, you didn't call me first. Okay, excuse me while I put this note on your account. And oh, it's him. Here, you talk to him. Because well, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. And you were reluctant to answer the phone. Yep, and pass it off because you're just like, I'm not going to deal with this. And they give me be nice. There's your initial like, impression, but then sometimes there's like the because if the if you're not if you're just like a person you're not friends with, so you don't know them well, right? Then you're as good as your last movie. And if you have that really bad one, then you're wow. Okay. Yes, we will just move on from this person. Yeah, and then I would say too a key thing that we're having as a Christian. We might be having a problem with being polite in how we interact is in the face of the F you, maybe more the T and the and T and the Yeah, it was the T plus, yeah. where we're trying to enforce pronouns and stuff. And what we do as a believer sometimes is we say, this isn't truth, which is true, but we treat, we do not treat them with kindness and politeness. If a per, I went to go out on a limb and a shaky limb it's a shaky limb because I don't think there's a hundred percent perfect answer because you'd love to say this isn't truth and they'd be like wow you're right and <laughs> that would be a great but this is not that world so for me to go up and refuse to use the pronouns that you prefer is not being polite I don't believe even if you know that's not your biological pronouns where you are in your headspace is that this is true for you. And I don't, it's so difficult when it comes to the children yeah. issue. But if you're an adult, especially, it's it's your decision. And if you're not a Christian, then you're not bound. God will still judge everyone, but but we shouldn't expect them to be bound by truth. Because a non-Christian is not going to understand biblical no. truth. If you're not living from a worldview of the Bible being truth and God being the ultimate truth giver, then how can we like expect? him to live that way like it actually talks about this in first Corinthians, first corinthians 5 verse 9 oh yes i wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world and he lists multiple ones since you would need to go out of the world but now i am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality and then all mm-hmm. of the thing. So it says, what for what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. So that's, I think that's key. Yes. We, we cannot be, like, it's not our job to judge their People. decisions and their life. Yeah. People who are not Christian, who don't go to church, who do not believe. And again, it's tricky when it comes to kids and teenagers. Because we, there is like a, do they truly understand what's going on? But I think if they've completely embraced a certain way of thinking that it's not going to help the situation to like, to not use the name and maybe pronouns that they're requesting at that time. It may be something that comes up after a crime when there's maybe a relationship developing of knowing the parents and the kids. But what they will remember is how you treated them. And it doesn't mean that you're ex- you condone what, the, what they're living or what they're believing. But it's not for us to judge it. This is for God to judge it. Mm-hmm. Again, it's really hard because you, there's this standing up for our children mm-hmm. and for teenagers. 
who do not fully understand the ramifications, they, they literally, if you look at any psychology, they literally do not have the mental development. To understand long-term consequences. This takes time. This comes into the 20s to to, to the very late teens to to mid-20s. And we're talking about letting young kids start taking puberty blockers and having the gender reassignment surgeries before they are fully aware of the long-term consequences. Yeah. Right or wrong. But the thing is, I'm worried. But before it is meeting them and dealing with that, if like a child... Who is born female walks into the taekwondo and is wanting to go as a he, him, and that's what the parents want. It won't benefit to try to, to try change to change that. it to come at them because that is not my job to change that specific no. person. We're not psychologists. We're not no. doctors. We can <laughs> stand up for the laws and we can stand up for things that are happening in the medical community where we can. And that I think is definitely something we should yeah. do. But until there's some sort of relationship, I don't think we can be putting, we can make judgment calls. And the relationship has to come first before, because that's what they will remember. And a lot of times when, you know, with young kids, when they go through, if they truly have gender dysphoria or, or is a things depends on the child. Depends, depends upon the child, because you, you don't know if in a couple of years they decide to change their mind. And many kids have done that. Oh, you're a boy today. All right. Oh, you're a girl today. All right. Oh, you're a cat today. Well, it's not going to, it's not going to hurt you. No. And if you, if it's something that you develop like a relationship, and it doesn't have to be like super, like intimate in the sense no. where they're over your house all the time or whatever. No. Well, say there's a child that's coming to the taekwondo and they come repeatedly for a year or more. Yeah. But then the parents really find out. That's when they find out, or the child finds out that you're a Christian, and then they realize that. You've been nice to me so long. Yes, that's on you. And again, there's politeness and kindness doesn't mean that you're condoning it. No, and it doesn't necess- and it doesn't mean that you agree with it. It's just that you are being respectful of a decision that is not yours to. Yeah, and it's not yours to make. No, and you can pray for them, and if they ever ask you, you can be honest about it. This is where the judge not lest you be judged really comes into play. Because if you ask anybody who is outside of the church who has been judged by Christians, see how harshly they judge you for your judgment of them. Yeah. Does it really hurt you to be to be kind and loving even if you disagree? And the same with any other part of the LGBTQ. Yeah. If you can disagree with a lifestyle choice, but you can disagree with any of those lifestyle lifestyle choices, but it doesn't actually have to change any way of how you treat someone. So like we, I know we diverge into another side that we do want to have an honest conversation with, including people from that community or from people who have experienced that. Yes. Community. But I think it's important when talking about politeness is like courteous, polite. So like show us here, like you can, Oh, how we have to show truth to people. Yes, we do. But if you go to 1 Corinthians 13 and you say, okay, when I am dealing with this person from the LGBTQ community or any other thing that you think you disagree with, another religion, another culture, another anything, is this that what you're showing? I am patient and kind. I am not envying or boasting. 
I am not arrogant or rude. I do not insist on my own way. Mm. I am not irritable or resentful. I do not rejoice in wrongdoing, but I rejoice in the truth. I bear all things. I believe all things. I hope all things. I endure all things. If you put yourself in that, the love that you're showing, when you treat the people around you. Even Galatians, where it talks Galatians. about the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Regard- regardless of who you are dealing with, whether it's... Because people up. say they're like, oh, we're giving them tough love. Oh, and that's... like, not, no. That's, that's not really a thing. It doesn't... When Jesus was dealing with sinners and their sin, like, he treated them with true love. Let, let, like, you see any place that he wasn't patient and kind. And I'm not talking about when he was getting rid of the money changers in the temple. That was or when not, he was talking to the Pharisees. Because that was a different situation. Yeah. That was, it was a desecration of his, the father's hands. That's not when he was dealing with the individuals yeah. and their sin. Yeah. And dealing with the Pharisees, how he dealt with them and stuff like that was also because they were supposed to know better. Yeah. And they were being liars and cheats and so he he confronted them he confronted them but if you take if you remember when these pharisees and scribes brought the woman caught in adultery number one where's the guy yeah and if you see how jesus treated her he didn't say anything to her he just but he did at the end but he's going sin no more yeah so he did confront her sin but did not treat her in any way like no. those around all those religious no. people around her treated her because he said whoever whoever is without sin cast the first stone and he could have and he could have because he was, he was the only one without sin but yeah. he turned to her and he says where are your accusers and she said they've all left and he says then i accuse you then i don't condemn you either go and sin no more yeah he didn't just say go back to your life nope go live your life no but he showed the love the kindness, the patience, and and it's just and, and we can take a page out of his book or a few pages out of his of book. Page. There's a lot of every page, every page, where how he treats the the one that always gets me is when he is in the house of the Pharisee and the woman comes in that had been she had perfume and tears and she bathed his feet with her tears and dried it with her hair yeah and out of the gratitude of what he had done for her. And the Pharisee, do you know who's touching you? Like, really? (laughs) Of course. Number one, yes, he did. did. (laughs) And number two, what he said, he says, since I had come into your house, you didn't even give me water to wash my hands. And this woman hasn't stopped washing my feet and kissing my feet and dry. (laughs) If you have never, if you've never sinned, then you never realize, you would, or you wouldn't realize what I've given, but she has sinned greatly, but she understands. The forgiveness that was yeah. given so i think like how we as christians react to those around us i always remember rosaria butterfield saying like she's a lady listen to her stuff it's awesome she talks about she was a lesbian in the day when it was a little more difficult but she was like full on into it she was head of like gender studies and queer studies at a university all this type of stuff and now and she eventually she did over time through love of a pastor and her family became a Christian or, and whatnot. She really remembers like what she was in that life and in that community. 
about Christians was the ones holding the placards at the pride parades. Yes. And that's only that's the only sense of Christianity that she got. And is that the type of thing? Oh, you're all going to hell. Yeah, they're going to hell whether they live like that or not. <laughs> it has nothing to do with it. It's got nothing to do with it. No. And, and it's and I think it's because Christians tend to give degrees to sin. Mm-hmm. We we look at some sins as being worse than other sins. But if you look at it in the eyes of God, it doesn't matter. We've all sinned. It's all bad. We're, we're all filthy rags. The wages of sin is death. And that's been for all of us. Yeah. Not just for those who are doing what we consider to be evil deeds. Because everything is an evil deed. It doesn't matter whether you you stole a pen from work. No, I just said, imagine... Yeah. You have a married couple. They're in their like 70. They have grandchildren. They've been married for 50 years or whatever. They have a marriage. They're not divorced. Like everything. They're on one side of you, but they're not believers. They're just living yep. their life. On the other side of you, you have, and I'm not saying this is the worst, the worst. What I'm saying, you have a lesbian couple who have children that they've done through the fertility treatments and they're married or whatever and they're sending their kids to school to other kids or whatever anyway they're living on the other side of you but they're not christians either like you believe oh this is the better couple on the one that's been together for so many years they're doing all they're going to the same place yeah so it's not like there's no, not they're such good people we actually know somebody who is who is lesbian who is a super nice person who when you see her, she wants to give you a hug right away. We even knew a married couple had gone to our church. I think they, I think the one of the one the other couple, they were married. One was able to be in Canada, but the other was not allowed. So I think she ended up having to go back. So that's why we haven't seen them in a while. There was nothing we can do when they when the government says no. Nope, I'm sorry, that's it, which is sad. But. Whether I get a hug from this one or I get a hug from that one. They're just showing their love in their way. And, and, and I'm going to say, oh, no, I can't hug you. You're an amen. That's weird. No, it, it's <laughs> not just exactly. It's just, I don't know. Definitely. I choose to see every person regardless as an image bearer of God. Granted, it is harder with some people. And, and there may be times in a relationship that you develop that you need to confront certain things. Yes. And just so that they know, like, you don't worry up a first conversation. But if you yeah. start, if, you, if you're open with your faith, that yeah. will come out eventually that you believe a certain way. Oh, but how you treated them has not changed. Because you could say, oh, they're like lesbian this or whatever, or gay that or transgender this, whatever. But you could say the same thing if you have two people that are just living together and not married. Like, eventually they're going to, find out or realize come to realize yeah. that you believe that it, they should be married living together not just living together the couple the girl that i drive to work she's a very sweet girl and she's living with her boyfriend they've been living together for years yeah. uh, so all of a sudden i'm going to say no you can't Fine to right. say that i had somebody actually do that to me and guilted me so badly and i had just become a christian and i think sometimes we are over judgmental of our own kind as well. And what I mean by that is Christian people. If you have a new Christian in your vicinity, brand new, they're not even a year old in the faith, do not start throwing condemnation at them. Everything. everything. You can, yeah. you can be like, gotta, okay, this is how God designed it. 
this is something that you need to think about. Yeah, uh, definitely. It's something I think more pastors should talk about if they're looking to become members in your church. But it's not something you'd be like, okay, you have to do this right now, like at this moment. And that's exactly what she did. And what she had told, what she had literally said to me, if Jesus came back tonight and saw there, what do you think he's going to say to you? Oh, my God. I'm so glad I've reformed now <laughs> because now I know it's just like, it says that I'm written on the palm of his hand and it's like a tattoo. To, I don't know about you, but they don't go away very easily. <laughs> so it's just. But that's, yeah. Again, there's times and get it. in yeah. First Corinthians, it talks about it. Yeah, you deal with the stuff that's within the church. And these are people who are professing the faith and are professing to be living the faith. And again, sometimes people need a little bit of time for the spirit to be working in them. Yes. When it there becomes a hard hardness against it. Yeah. Then it's something you have to deal with one-on-one. And then that's when you deal with it like a little higher level. But then at that time, the guy I was living with was the father of my baby. Yeah. So we were already, we were a family. family. Yeah. And she literally broke that family unit up with her judgmental. So needless to say, she's not a friend of mine any longer. <laughs> I hope she's doing well, but she cannot be a part of my life. Yeah. So here's so, some, probably just maybe like we can end with some verses. Okay. So interesting. So here's a, some verses on love and kindness. Ephesians 4, 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. In Proverbs 15, 1, I like this one. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. That was the thing that my coworkers say all the time. Wisdom of Solomon. Oh, maybe I should make that a plaque above my desk. <laughs> so here's some verses about humility and respect. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Philippians 2, 3. Or 1 Peter 2, 17. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers, fear God, honor the emperor. Oh, is that? It's so hard to be the emperor honoring his. And you know, the emperor doesn't just mean emperor, but anyone who is in a position of power. Governmental leader. Governmental leader. Peacemaking <laughs> and resolution versus. <laughs> yeah, it's we hard, right? We didn't, we didn't sign that another did we? Oh, man. Peacemaking and resolution versus. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Authenticity and truth verses. Ephesians 4, 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we all are all members of one body. Again, this is like talking about if we're members of one body that's talking about within the christian faith mm-hmm. i believe yeah. and the and, and of course we're talking to our christian believers. yes and also again eventually it may come up with people who are outside of the christian faith when you're having relationship with them uh, fellowship with them you don't hide your truth the truth that no. you believe but it's how you treat them and uh, proverbs twenty four twenty six: an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips all right then I guess that's supposed to be sweet. (laughs) Depends upon who's kissing you. Yes, because if it's the dog, I guess it's the verses with laugh on the face. (laughs) Maybe. Even that's the thing. If you're talking with somebody and they want to know it or you don't hide how you believe, so you don't pretend that you're accepting it or like you never mentioned God or like I tried to mention, oh, I was at church on Sunday and I was given this and I went there. I don't go out of my way to mention it, but I don't. 
complicated either. And then, so that way people understand. And then there's certain contexts and nuances that come from them understanding that I'm a believer. And then they might go, oh, what church do you go to? Or then they might ask more questions, but then it's never hidden. No. But they don't find out, oh, you never told me. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, I don't come out of my way to be like, why go to church? But if I'm referencing like, oh, was that church on Sunday? And then I was like, I saw so-and-so. Or what did you do over the weekend? Oh, I did this. And then I went to church and. You or know, even like choir, even <laughs> yeah, choir for church. Or I'll say, oh, I'm doing my my master's. And they're like, oh, what is it? And I'm a Christian apologetics. And they're like, what is that? And they'll explain. Yeah. So I don't just go, oh, it's just my master's. Yeah, it's like, like I try to like it's just it's that hiding your light under a bushel. Yeah. So I think that's the point is that you're making is like you're showing the truth, but still in kindness. Yeah. And yeah. love and respect yeah. of the other person. Yeah. You're leaving you're leaving the door uh, open enough. That if they want to walk through, they can. Yeah. And again, there's a different conversation you're going to have with someone who is a believer and someone who is not a believer. Right. And if you're a good friend to a believer and they're stepping out in spin, then that's something you should definitely confront. But if they're not a Christian, like that's the thing that the, the behavior is an outward, like it's an outward showing of that inward heart. So if they're outward, sh- like if, they're, if they're inward heart, that needs to change. And that doesn't happen by like judging and honor. You got to remember that those who are not believers are technically dead men walking. I was once a dead man walking, but it was God who made me alive. It was no person who did. No. So if I see quote unquote dead man walking, I do not have the ability to make that dead man come to life. No. Only God does. Changing an outward like symptom of an inward. It's it's hard. Will, will mean nothing. It's like putting new wine into old wine skin. So you don't know what that it's just going to burst. It's just going to break apart. If you've got a cracked pot and you pour something into it, it's just going to break apart. Yeah. So you can't try to change what wash it out, clean it all up on the outside. Have you taken a look on the inside? Mm-hmm. It's still black. It's still dark mm-hmm. and moldy. Yeah. yeah. So Only God has the ability to go into a person's life and heart and transform them all we can do is show the light that's until all. that's the, the and again we can be a light the light for that and god can use us in that but until that inward heart is changed by god we can't expect them to live, live like a, a christian if they don't have and, it, and at that point it's god's it's god's mm-hmm. job to judge right not our job to judge. Uh, that's what it says in first corinthians 5 that's our point politeness love kindness patience all these things goodness kindness yes exactly christ exemplified (laughs) we need to hold in our hearts so hopefully we've said things that are truth resonate resonated with people baby pushed a little bit of the button of yeah i should do that so hopefully we're pushing (laughs) the right button god wants push and not the things that we and then he read all those scriptures and they're going right don't so convicting <laughs> the bible's like that so encouraging you read the bible because it will come and convict you where you need it yes yes there's a reason why it's living yes and the reason why we're told to immerse ourselves in it yeah yeah and if you haven't had a chance to check out my latest blog post check it out on facebook it is on facebook on the roots of our page oh if you haven't yet you can subscribe please please subscribe leave a review we love it we let us know if you agreed with us, didn't agree with us. Yep, absolutely. 
And uh, yeah, we'll see you here next time. Bye for now. Bye. And that wraps up our intense yet heartwarming dialogue today on the Route 77 podcast. We've journeyed through various aspects of politeness, love, and respectful interactions, traversed through the teachings of the Bible, and hopefully shed light on how we can embody Christ's love and kindness in our daily lives and interactions. From dealing with real-world rudeness to showcasing unwavering respect without compromising belief and understanding the imperative role of inward transformation in altering outward actions, we've crossed bridges of understanding and perhaps nudged open doors of further reflection for us all. If Monique's words have stirred something within you, do check out her latest blog, her latest blog post on the Route 77 Facebook page. Remember, your journey with us does. Remember, your journey with us doesn't end here. Subscribe, leave a review, and share your thoughts and reflections with us. We look forward to bringing you more thought-provoking discussions. Until next time, embody love, exude politeness, and live your single life to its fullest.